When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. All right, third hour, Clay and Buck kicks off now. We've got the Senate informal, or I should say uh, maybe unwritten, dress code has been relaxed by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. It's kind of astonishing that Chuck Schumer is Senate Majority Leader, but here we are. That is reality. Democrats have a majority in the Senate. And John Fetterman who I believe is a um, an example, perhaps a harbinger of things to come in American politics, where you have individuals who uh, are, are able to, based on just the machinery of the Democrat Party, get pushed forward and serve in a role that should require a lot of thinking and a lot of uh, judgment and uh, complexity, but actually you can show up in a lumpy sweatshirt and oversized basketball shorts and still do the same job. Nobody cares whether you can speak, whether you can think, whether you can actually dress like you're a, a employed United States senator. You know, I, I'll tell you this, Clay. I'm not a big dress code guy. I... For example, I will admit, I think that the, I think neckties are ridiculous. I think they're ridiculous. And people tell me that they're not. And I look at them like, think this one through. Why, why are you doing that? You're, you're, it's, it's uncomfortable. It makes no sense. And I actually can talk about the history of the Croatian mercenary serving in the court of King Louis in France with brightly adorned cloth around their neck. And that is where we get the cravat or the cravat. Cravat was uh, for Croatian mercenaries. You know, all this is actually true. Um, I've only heard you talk about it. I've never oh, really, really thought I've much talked about before the show. Yeah, I find it fascinating. I was telling Carrie last night the history of tricorn hats. We think about it as like, yeah, man, you know, George Washington and the Patriots and all that. Uh, it actually comes from Spanish, uh, Spanish soldiers sent to fight in Flanders 
who turned the brims of their hats. They were circular hats. They flipped the brims up because it was easier to maneuver with the musket uh, during parade maneuvers and stuff. Anyway, point being, I think neckties are ridiculous. That said, I think you should show up and look like you have a you know look like you have a job if you're a United States senator. I think uh, a sport coat and and slacks of some kind. Now the problem with us calling uh, balls and strikes on this one, Clay, as you know, is there have been times, I believe there are photos of Senator Ted Cruz during a basketball game running onto the floor of the Senate to do a vote or something. So there have been exceptions for this briefly, but now they're getting rid of it entirely. And, and I think the Fetterman effect is now extending beyond just you don't have to be of sound mind and body to be a United States senator, but you don't have to show any respect whatsoever for the for the role, like respect for the office. I mean, I remember, say what you will about George W. Bush, but the guy wore his coat in the Oval Office all the time because he thought it required some show of respect for the people who were coming into the, the Oval Office. Uh, Fetterman is the opposite, and this is now going to become, I think, more common, more normalized among Democrats. So correct me if I'm wrong here. Is this you can now walk on this? Because what you're talking about is, there was a rule where, like, let's say you were busy, right? Um, you mentioned Cruz. Like, you might have to come running in, and you could give a thumbs up or a thumbs down without having to actual in, actually enter the floor. So they would give an exception. Like, you could be in the cloakroom of the Senate, and let's say that you had been busy for some reason. Maybe you just landed on an airplane flight or something. You haven't been able to get changed, whatever. You could run in, thumbs up, thumbs down. Would Fetterman now be able to walk onto the Senate floor in like shorts and a hoodie? Is that permissible now? Or yes. that's crazy. Well, yes, absolutely. No, like uh, Crocs are cool now. You told me this. Oh, my kids love since, Crocs. Yes, I have since noticed this. Like the big YouTube influencers, uh, like Jake Paul and these people and, uh, Justin Bieber, um, they wear Crocs now. Oh, this yeah, is, kids love Crocs. They're wildly popular. They were considered a fashion faux pas until, well, they were cool in the 90s. And then you had, a, I think a lot of like doctors and nurses became Croc aficionados. And then it, and then it went out of style. Now they're back in style. But yeah, John Fetterman could walk on in Crocs, you know, hiked up socks, basketball shorts and a sweatshirt. And what is it? He could just be on the Senate floor all the time now doing that, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's wrong. I mean, I think it's weird, too. And I'm not a dress code guy. I I think a lot of times dress codes are uh, oftentimes ridiculous. But saying, hey, we're adjusting times. You don't have to always be in a perfect suit, but you should have to wear pants, normal shoes, and a jacket. Like, that doesn't seem like to go to a decent restaurant it's not unheard of that you would have to wear a button-down shirt, pants, and a jacket. Like, that seems reasonable. I mean, I would wonder, what about, for those of you who are fans of the Big Lebowski, can Fetterman show up dressed like the dude wearing an oversized robe and Birkenstocks, and that's it? Like, is that, a, you know, you just, you just come in a robe now to the center floor, you, you walk out there, and, you know, you, you talk about how the rug holds the whole room together, etc. Like, it, it makes no sense to me that this would be something that people would be in favor of, but... They're making these exceptions for Fetterman. I, I think that there's something about Fetterman's approach to all this that really appeals to Democrats. That, that the fact that he um, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to dress the part. He doesn't want to. I don't know. I I, I kind of think it's all about degrading the office. I, I really do. I, I guess maybe that's. I, I think the whole Fetterman phenomenon is this tear it all down. It's all crap. It's all a joke. Ha ha. 
and also we're going to vote for socialism. Like that's the sense that I get from this guy. I, the thing that's scary about Fetterman is one he won. <laughs> so let's start there. This guy, no matter what state you live in, is uniquely unqualified to be a senator. He can't do the job, and we know this. He won in Pennsylvania too. I know. We just point this out. He didn't. He didn't win in like some lunatic blue state. Yep, that is scary that he won. And anybody who watched that debate, he has the worst debate performance in a statewide debate competition. Probably in the history of the United States. I, I don't, that's why I think, I don't even know if debates matter. Do you think debates even matter anymore? I think in a lot of cases it just gets ignored. Well, and Buck, here's what's even scarier. He outperformed Biden in Pennsylvania. Like, Biden won in Pennsylvania, and we know all the rig job that was in effect in 2020. We know the mass voting, everything else. 2022, an off-year election, which typically would not bring out what I would say is non-traditional voters, right? They're less likely to show up for midterm years. That's true across the board. Buck, if you go look in like Western PA, all of the rural areas that are typically red voting strongholds, this John Fetterman cosplay of, hey, I'm a, you know, blue collar guy when it's not in any way reflected in his actual life, it worked. There were people who showed up in Pennsylvania who voted, were more likely to vote blue because of John Fetterman. He won by almost five points. Now, you can say Dr. Oz had a challenging uh, environment. Mastriano got smoked by Shapiro in the governor's race in Pennsylvania. Yes, the people of Pennsylvania but, slapped away Oz's coup d'etat tray. Yeah, it didn't go well, but I don't know that any... Republican candidate could have won when the governor didn't uh didn't Shapiro win by like fourteen over uh something like that? I we, think it was fourteen. The Republicans in twenty twenty two got absolutely crushed in Pennsylvania and everybody I know who knows Pennsylvania state politics well says twenty twenty four is gonna be a really difficult climb as well because of the uh, state apparatus the Democrats have built to get out the vote, the voter registration, the early vote, all that stuff. They're just way ahead. Um, I'm going to pull up the exact numbers, but this is important because they're basically rebuilding the entire apparatus to support John Fetterman. Uh, Fetterman won 51.2 to 46.3. Uh, and remember, he had 50% of the vote in before there was actually, which, which is crazy to think about. Before there was even the debate took place, Buck. Um, but the 2022 Pennsylvania governor's race was even more of a, uh, was even more of a, a disaster because Mastriano got just absolutely whipped by Shapiro, uh, and, uh, in, in that race. And I want to make sure I got it right. I think I was 14 points, I think was the difference. Yeah. He won 56 and a half buck to 41.7. So, I mean, that's a, as close to a landslide as you can get, uh, as it can possibly be. I mean, what's going to change? I, that's what know. people have to be scared about in 2024. Um, it's, it's going to be a, a very real challenge. But anyway, on, on the, the Fetterman and the decorum situation, I, I would agree that, um, I, I think that, uh, like I'll even say it, like the men's uh, or men's suit 
is not comfortable. It's not a comfortable thing. People say, oh, well, if you get it custom made, no, no, no. It's, it's just not that comfortable. This is reality. But I think it has a, I think it has a role. And I think if you're a United States <sighs> senator, um, even when I was in my little CIA office, we would have to go and meet with congressmen and, uh, do briefings and things like that. You had to have jacket and a tie. You didn't have to wear it around the office all the time. You had to have it ready to go. I'm sure it's, you know, law offices too. That presentation matters. Um, and there's an expectation of professionalism that comes along with it. And I just think that what we're seeing is, you know, people talk about things like, oh, we need term limits and, and oh, we need to, I look at them like, we need to not vote for people. Like, look at who is in positions of power in this country. These yeah. Days. In, in terms of senility and, uh, in terms of senility and a whole range of things. Yeah, look, we had Fetterman won by five points. He won comfortably. And now he can't immediately gets checked into hospital. He can't do the job. I don't, look, if you don't want to wear a suit, I think, I mean, the fact that you can wear athletic shorts on the floor of the United States Senate is, is crazy to me. Like you couldn't wear athletic shorts to work in a Senate office. The fact that we could have ever ended up in this situation is, to me, pretty crazy. Um, all right, when we come back. I've got a uh, we've got a couple of fun clips and a, co- uh, a couple of fun discussion for you. Um, Aaron Rodgers fired back at Keith Olbermann. If you haven't heard this, it is pretty fascinating, and I think it'll make you laugh. And then we'll dive into some of this. Uh, we were talking about the controversy. You know, the Virginia woman who made sex tapes and is running for the Virginia State House. Comparing that and how this uh, this situation surrounding Lauren Boebert is being covered is, I think, kind of interesting, just in terms of the way that each of those incidents are being treated. Um, and uh, I think that'll be an illuminating conversation. We'll also let a lot of you guys weigh in, 800-282-2882. In the meantime, this number's shocking. More than 38,000 U.S. veterans are experiencing homelessness across our nation. These are heroes who signed up to protect and serve, and now they're sleeping on the streets feeling abandoned. The Tunnel of Towers Foundation is committed to helping these heroes who have sacrificed so much for our country, our freedoms, and for us. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel of Towers is providing housing assistance and services to U.S. veterans who meet the program's requirements. The Foundation's program helped over 500 veterans last year, and more than 2,000 are expected to receive help this year. These are veterans who honorably served our nation and deserve our gratitude. If you or someone you know is a veteran who is homeless or at risk of homelessness, complete the Foundation's inquiry form at T2T.org. More than 38,000 heroes who put their lives on the line for us need your help. You can help by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Inspiring you to seek out the truth. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Reacting to uh, our interview with Ovik Roy about the high cost of health coverage. Uh, and health treatment, what do you see as a nurse? Um, well, I work at a large uh, teaching hospital, and um, I'm a bedside nurse for 34 years. Um, we have a lot of Medicaid patients. We have a lot of foreigners. We have a lot of unnecessary surgeries on very old people that are never going to walk out of this hospital. And we're, now we're facing um, back orders of essential supplies, and um, it's just a mess. And FYI, all the COVID patients I go into now, um, some of them don't even know they have COVID. They're oh, not yeah, here of because of COVID. They just incidentally have COVID because they were here for something else and got tested. So it's a mess. Thank you for Laura, the call, Buck. You, you mentioned, yeah, you, you mentioned um, unnecessary surgery. Tell me a little more about that because that's that should, should raise some eyebrows. Well, um, for instance, a 93-year-old patient that had a stroke and they're going to go in and do a craniotomy. Um, that's, this person, this person is never going to walk out of the hospital. That's not going to improve her life. Um, and that's just one instance of hundreds. Wow. The, the profit imperative, Buck, I'll give you an example. I was just telling you this off air. Um, it's been a couple of years ago, probably now. I went to get a strep throat culture for one of my kids. Took him in uh, at the local like uh, Vanderbilt Instant Clinic, basically, right? Not serious. It's not a, uh, a hospital. It's just like you know, sort of a Centricare type facility. Go in there. Probably like a lot of dads, I couldn't find the right card. I couldn't find my health insurance card. I don't know that I even had the right wallet. This is why dad's not in charge of a lot of things. Anyway, 
they let us in. They give him the the thing, and I just like gave him a credit card or whatever. Um, they put me down, Buck, as a non-insured insured patient. Evidently, like we ended up getting a bill, cost forty dollars. I did, they put me down as not having health insurance. My That's wife, a happy accident. I thought that no, was going to get a lot worse. No, forty dollars. My wife, who is far more, uh, this is not going to surprise anybody, far, far more on the ball, takes an, another one of our kids in for a health, minor health related issue, has her insurance card. It's basically the same thing. Four hundred dollar charge. So me, and, and I, I've always wondered about that. Like what happens if you actually don't have health insurance? If you have health insurance, you are subsidizing everybody else who doesn't, and they charge you virtually nothing for the coverage. So I had to pay $40 that one time for basically the exact same thing. Our health insurance, we had to pay $400. I mean, a lot of the best doctors in a whole bunch of different specialties. Thank you, Laura, for calling in. I don't know if she's still waiting there. Uh, A lot of the best doctors in a bunch of different uh, specialties in New York City, uh, Clay, they they will not take insurance. You just pay then cash. You, you yeah. just pay cash. Yeah. And people don't, you know, that's not often talked about in the national healthcare discussion, but for doctors who can get away with it, especially for, you know, for things that are, uh, for people that are in cosmetic surgeries, things yeah. like that, it's just you, you write a check or you take out your credit card and there is no, you can submit whatever you want afterwards, but they don't want to hear about like, oh, this is in network or out, ne- out of network. They just want, Visa, you know, Visa, Mastercard, or uh, or a check. They don't care. Well, like you do for your vet clinics. People don't most, for the most part, have insurance for their dogs. You go in and you pay cash. It's why vets, vet clinics in general, are such incredible businesses. Way simpler yeah. to charge because there is no insurance complexity. And, and veterinarians make a great living and make a lot of money, and it is a profession that is dominated by women. So. Equal pay, Clay. What's going on? <laughs> Something. There's some sexism going on there if you look at the way the left talks about these things. If you think the Biden administration's a one-term wrecking ball, they're not done yet. They're still quite capable of future disruptions, and one of the possibilities here involves our currency system in a fundamental way. According to former Wall Street insider and digital currency expert Tika Tiwari, we may hear about such an announcement this fall. Our currency system could be replaced with a digital dollar that could disrupt the lives of millions of Americans. The business publication, Business Insider, has confirmed this, writing, The U.S. Treasury just made its strongest indication that a central bank digital currency is on the table. Tika Tawari believes the official announcement could come as soon as this fall. That's why he just released an online video to help you prepare. Go to dollarrecall.com to see the video. There's some things you're going to want to check out. And you can take action based upon what you learn. DollarRecall.com. That website is DollarRecall.com. Paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Lee Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. All right, we got a couple stories here. Wanted to uh, circle back to we had mentioned. One is the fact that there is a $100 million F-35 fifth-generation fighter plane that the pilot's fine. He ejected. He's fine. Um, that it went missing over South Carolina. And there is, as I speak to you now, unless there's been some breaking news in the last few minutes, no evidence yet of it having crashed anywhere. They're saying it went into, quote, zombie mode, as in some kind of an autopilot mode. So this is, let's hope they find the $100 million plane that's over South Carolina, if they have not already. Um, and they are asking the public for tips, which, I mean, I'm, that, that, 
information line, I'm sure, gets really interesting really fast there. It's like, has anyone seen the stealth fighter plane uh, in their, you know, in their airspace? So we're looking into that. And then Clay had mentioned the, uh, the, it's getting a lot of attention on, on a few different levels. I have questions. Okay. So the, the Congresswoman Bobert, who won a very, very tight, uh, reelection race. Remember, she was counted out and then actually yep. came back and won when they counted all the votes. Uh, she is, to my recollection, a, a great vote in, the Congress, like very solid, very reliable as a conservative. Uh, I've interviewed her a couple of times. I, I don't really. It has. We've had her on reason. the show. We've had her. We've had her on the show. Yeah, we? yeah, yeah. A couple of times, I think. Maybe we should reach out and invite her on again to see what she wants to say about this, Allie. Um, so, yeah. So here's the thing. So she's all of a sudden the uh, the media is getting very puritanical over some stuff. You know, I mean, when I say Clay, can I? Get, I'll give you credit for this, but it's amazing. There's a woman running for state office in Virginia for the state house in Virginia who was effectively doing online pornography for profit. And that is, that is fine. And, and it is somehow feminist to vote for this woman, according to Democrats. Lauren Boebert, there's some video and, you know, a guy's getting a little, getting a little handsy with her, I think, is that's what we were, a little handsy in a theater, in a darkened theater in the Beetlejuice. Here's what I, I did not know this. This is the first thing that I think about. And do they have, do they have night vision cameras going in theaters all across America? Like a Broadway plays and things like this? Like, so when the lights go down, are they recording everything going on with night vision in the theater? Cause how else? Cause it, I mean, it's, it's not a bin Laden raid. Like yeah. where did this night vision come from? It, they must. I wouldn't have known that either. I mean, and I, you know, if I'm in a broad, I, I can see why they might do that because for lawsuits or security related reasons, they may be, I guess they do have some sort of night vision cameras. Maybe they have security monitoring the uh, audience to make sure that everything's safe. I, I wouldn't have even thought about this, but they leaked this video and Bobert is in a, you know, what I would describe as a sexy dress on a date. I believe she got divorced in the last year or so. And she and her, uh, she and her date are a little bit handsy in the dark during the theater. And then she got kicked out, I think, for vaping or something. We'll invite her on. We'll see if she wants to, to take us through the, they went to go see Beetlejuice, I think, in a Denver area, uh, uh, theater. I, not a movie, the play. I didn't know Beetlejuice was a play. Um, but the thing that is interesting to me about this buck is there are lots of people on the left who have said Bobert has to resign over this. If you haven't heard this controversy, it's out there. But they simultaneously are saying it's very brave of this woman in Virginia to have been making sex tapes and selling them and that she is a victim. And so I, I don't understand how your standard for behavior for Bobert can be you aren't allowed to, uh, basically kind of get a little bit handsy in a theater. Again, the only reason we know about it is because of night vision. Uh, but that that is unacceptable behavior for a congressperson, but simultaneously it's wrong to judge a woman who actually made sex tapes and sold them online and now wants to represent the state of Virginia. Like, to me, 
your standards should be the same on this. Uh, and at a minimum, you should be tougher on the, uh, on yeah. the person who actually made sex tapes as opposed to the person who, uh, may have gotten a little bit of handsy during a play, right? To be clear, Bobert has apologized. So she has apologized for her conduct. Cause I'm going to say something. I, I think she's been a very good vote in Congress and, and has, has won some really interesting races. Um, I am, I, I am ferociously protective of the theater goer environment in general. You do, you do I, hate people who pull out phones I, and anything. This is not political for me. I, people that are, people that start talking on their phones during the movie, people who all, all of a sudden think that the, hey, no recording allowed means, well, but I have to record for my Instagram, whatever's going on on stage. Like I, I am the, the voice that shouts out from the darkness. L- literally, I am the voice that shouts out from the darkness in those situations because this, you know, civilization needs rules, Clay. Civilization. We went out to dinner rules. in New York. Um, and if I remember you had to go do like a television hit or something and me, my wife, you're talking about when I made us move character. tables because there was a loud table of ruffians nearby. There was a that- bunch of guys. They, I'm, I hate to cast dispersions. They felt like they were from New Jersey in the steakhouse. Wow. Um, I feel like, hey, this is a common thing in New York City, right? The bridge and tunnel crowd. These did not feel like Manhattan natives. And I went to GW. I know a lot about the Jersey, the Jersey universe. All right. So, uh, these loud, uh, I would call them, uh, New Jerseyans. We're sitting there, the three of us. Buck walked. <laughs> I can't tell you how loud they were. I mean, this is like a table of 15. They were, it was super all dudes loud. and they were super loud to be fair. It's it true. was very, very loud. Uh, but. Carrie was like, Buck is going to lose his mind when he comes back in. <laughs> like, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know that that was her exact no, I, quote. I think she, she was, said that. I think yeah. she said that. Yeah. Uh, and so Buck w- walks back in, sits down. It might have been 45 seconds and he immediately stands back up and he's like, I can't do this. <laughs> and so we, we got, we got moved. So to your point on, I can only imagine that if Bobert had been, uh, vaping and, uh, and you, you would have lost it, Democrat or Republican behind her. I, I will say this. I think that, um, I would have had, I would, I would have had no issue with this, like in the grand scheme of things, right? Like I'm not a huge, I, I, I am more troubled by having to sit through a musical than I am by people making out in the crowd during the musical, right? I hate musicals, uh, for anybody out there. Hopefully we don't have a huge, uh, musical audience that's, uh, you know, huge Broadway, uh, Broadway listenership. When people sing on the stage, I just think all the time this it immediately like people don't do this. And maybe I'm weird on this. I can't do a musical. As soon as people start singing and dancing around on the stage, I'm like, this would never happen in real real life. I can't. It takes me completely out of the play. Actual play where people, you know, talk and there's a story and there's no singing. I have no issue with. So I would have no issue with Bobert and her date making out. I would have more of an issue with the Beetlejuice musical in general, which sounds miserable to have to attend to me. Um, but if your standard is what is the proper decorum for someone who seeks to represent others, it seems like sex tape would be like far more significant in terms of a disqualifying event than making out during a, uh, during a play. Can I throw this out there? I feel like we are entering a period in politics where increasingly the the contingent of people who will make the case that personal conduct short of illegality 
Like, and, and I mean, real illegal. And, and people are going to say, what about Hunter? Well, Hunter's not in office, but you know, um, and Joe, we haven't proven yet, but you know, give it time. But basically, personal conduct no longer matters for elected, uh, for people that are going to be in elected office or et cetera. I, I think that you'd have a, a, a lot of people that, that make that claim now, which is different than it used to be. You know, we, we have the, the standard here has shifted. You know, you can, your personal life can be, um, a little bit more, what's the word? A little bit more complicated. Libertine. Here, here's what I, here's what I would say, Buck. I agree with that on some level. I actually think it's worse than that. I think it's whatever my side does is okay, no matter what it is. Whatever the other side does, I'm a hanging judge. So you have absolutely no leniency at all for the opposition. And yet for your side, you will allow basically anything to give, be given passage. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd co-sign that if you let me. That, that is where we are. So, but there are a lot of people that will excuse. It's situational excusing, but if, if a Republican does something and you're, you know, you'll, you'll get a lot of Republicans now that be like, Hey, it's not illegal. It's not impe, you know, it's it will impeachable. You know, it's a whole other thing, but you know, it's not illegal. So not, not my problem as long as they vote the way that I want or as long as they stand yeah. for the things that I like. Uh, Democrats, obviously, I, I think Democrats have kind of always been there. <laughs> I think I'm not sure they really had much of a standard when it came to this stuff. You look at like, you know, the Kennedys and others. Uh, well, there's it a is long interesting though, right? Remember caring, they, they let but the they, Kennedys and the Clintons get away, but then they kicked over this stupid me too thing. Al Franken like pantomimes grabbing somebody's boobs and they kick him out. So like it, it's very like that was a politically expedient panic button for them yeah, at that time, but it, right? It wasn't like the standard change permanently. It was just, okay, we'll we'll push Franken aside on this one. Well, you know, yeah, I think Franken is a jerk, but do I think... It, when you think Teddy Kennedy killed drowned a, woman. a yes. woman in his car that he was clearly driving drunk, and we all know it, and he tried to concoct an alibi, and, you know, heaven knows what was... If he was trying to make a move on this young woman or whatever... Give, and they didn't even care. Yeah. They didn't even care. There's actually a Chappaquiddick movie that came out a few a years ago. Movie. I think it was made by some conservatives. It was a good movie. If you haven't seen it, it was like, uh, I mean, they did ads for it on my radio show, Clay. And I, and I, I saw it because I was like, this sounds interesting. And Democrats were totally fine with it. So your, your point about the situational nature of it is absolutely true. But Democrats used to say, we have standards of moral conduct for politicians, and then they would selectively excuse. I think now it's Democrat. They don't even pretend to have those standards for Democrats. It's just what's happened you know, whatever. is the way I would assess it, Buck, is this is sports. This is how sports fandom works. Your star quarterback can do almost anything, and you will excuse his behavior and say, as long as he plays, like we'll defend it. I, I have seen this because you know I'll see when Clay is. Clay likes to get very feisty on Twitter. You know, I, I, I tend to be a little more low key. Clay likes to throw down with, 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 you know, user number 7259 who's t- given sports I used to do it that, more. I used to get in more scraps, but I've, I've dialed back my social media usage. But I'll see this, the Clay scraps sometimes. And it's amazing to see that people will, if like a quarterback is accused of a, like a college quarterback is accused of a major crime or, or role in, the fans of that team are yes. like all of a sudden don't want to hear it. Like you're a Correct. bad person for bringing that up. That's that's a surprise. That's 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 the situational ethics. It's basically fandom come to politics where as long as somebody makes your team more likely to win, you will defend anything they do. And the moment that uh that the opposing again, it's 
It's your side can do no wrong. You'll defend them to the nth degree. And then the minute somebody on the other side does something, you want to be a hanging jury. To me, what should happen is a standard of behavior. Like, apply it evenly regardless of the politics or the teams that that is involved. Used to be the media did that, Buck. Now the media is worthless. Like, we really don't have any fair arbiters and referees in society, which is another reason I think everything's going to hell. Are you on a fixed income? If so, you'd benefit from an investment that delivers consistent returns without compromising your financial security. Phoenix Capital Group offers high-yield corporate bonds with returns of 9 to 13% annual interest that pays out monthly. With 2,000-plus satisfied investors paid on time every time, Phoenix Capital Group is giving investors a new high-yield option investing in domestic energy assets. Start earning these high yields and learn more about multiple offerings at phxonair.com. You can learn more by downloading the free investment guide today at phxonair.com. Diversify your investments. Earn 9 to 13% annual interest. Investment in bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it, and you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Visit phxonair.com today. Don't miss a minute of Clay and Buck and get behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Subscribe to CNB 24-7. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I wanted to play this uh, for you, Buck, because Aaron Rodgers, a.k.a. your favorite NFL player, and by the way, tons of you reacting to the Lauren Boebert. What was the name of the Virginia House candidate? Because that election's coming up in like six weeks. The Virginia House candidate who made the porn, Susanna Gibson. Um, Can I say my, my prediction with that, Clay, is it'll be very close, and she may even win. That That's where we are as a society, just to throw it out. And I just, look, if your position is I don't care about the sexual behavior of any candidate, I could say, like, okay, like, as long as it's legal, right, Um, obviously. And it appears that, I mean, certainly Lauren Boebert didn't do anything compared to Susanna Gibson. At least you would be consistent on a policy perspective. If you are demanding, and this is where a lot of leftists are right now, if you are demanding that Lauren Boebert either resign or be potentially charged with a crime, and you are simultaneously saying, oh, Susanna Gibson, she's done nothing wrong, there's it's impossible to be an adult and have that position, okay? It is impossible to be an adult and have that position. If you want to throw the book at both of them, I understand that. If you want both because you're, like I said, kind of a libertine and you're just not that interested in getting into issues of sexual morality as it pertains to political candidates, I can understand that too. If you even have a problem with the Susanna, uh, what's her name again, Susanna Gibson, because you're like, I mean, she was making porn videos and selling her porn video performance for others as opposed to Lauren Boebert being, if you're saying like she, that's unacceptable. I can, what I can't understand in any respect, there's no way you can be opposed to Boebert and defend in any way Susanna Gibson. So that position, which is one that I have seen adopted by many leftists on uh, social media is thoroughly indefensible. Okay. Speaking of uh, a good line, Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee's show. Uh, Pat McAfee does now an ESPN show. And uh, McAfee brought up the fact that Keith Olbermann, who is the foremost leftist imbecile this side of the view, um, he was cheering because Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles tendon because Aaron Rodgers refused to get the COVID shot. That is the strain logic of Olbermann. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was asked about it. This is what he said. Hold on, there's another guy. What's the guy? Keith Olbermann said oh, that... Uh, you love him, though. Because you're not vaxxed, that's why it happened. Yep. Yeah, get your fifth booster, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Bum. Get your feet fifth booster, Keith, if you didn't hear that, which is very funny by Aaron Rodgers, and he called him a bum. For those who are going to get that booster... Why Why aren't we seeing the photos of the people? Remember we had all the oh, photos? Oh, it's funny. It's a good point. Well, what's changed? If you believe in the booster and it's so important, I think, you know, you got to take a photo of yourself getting it to show everybody and maybe have your, like, you know, your crying child getting the shot as oh. well and share that photo. We all remember that. So uh, we're not letting this go. The 
Story on NBC. Maybe we'll talk about this tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. we need to talk about it tomorrow. They're, they're worried out there in medical establishment land because they can't tell the difference between allergies, a cold, and COVID. The concern is people are going to be like, maybe it's not that big a deal. Seasonal allergies now the same as COVID, according to NBC. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.